All right, welcome back to another episode of Sports Pulse Podcast. Nick, um, it is kind of a little bit of a cold day outside. Uh, it's just weird because, you know, recently we've seen kind of nice weather, but it's kind of back to some crappy weather. Uh, I know that you were working all day for the most part, so uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, work was a little weirder today, but... Um... Besides that, yeah, weather's kind of also been strange as well. It was kind of warm yesterday, and then it rained, and now it's really cold. So uh, hoping the weather gets back to warm, but besides that, I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I mean, luckily, uh, this is a nice break for me in my day. I've been doing schoolwork all day. had a couple of tests, uh, a long exercise to do, and I've read like four chapters of stuff. So, you know. I, as the grind continues towards the end of my semester, uh, the work seems to kind of go up. But, uh, you know, I think we have a pretty fun, easy episode to talk about. So uh, let's just kind of get right into it. What are we talking about today? Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we did agree that we were going to talk about some of the uh, recent stuff that's been going on around the MLB because we've kind of been slacking on... Uh, our MLB coverage because we both were really excited for the season to start and we haven't really covered it. So uh, we figured we'd get some MLB talk before we kind of jump full NFL next week. So uh, without further ado, I'll let you take over. Okay. So, um, yeah, like you said, we, we were very exciting coming into this season uh, in regards to the MLB season, but unfortunately we, we've just been really busy. So, you know, now, I think would be a good time to just talk about some of the things that have been going on, you know, since there's not a lot of news for us to cover in any other, you know, sports. Like we said, next week will probably be solely devoted to talking about the NFL draft. So I think this is a nice uh, little episode to just kind of ease back into it. Uh, my big thing is I was totally wrong about uh, one team, but I will get into that a little bit. I think right now what the most important thing to talk about is 11 straight wins for the Oakland Athletics. So for the you know people that don't know, the A's started 0-6 uh, this season, which is just absolutely abysmal. And they get a win and they lose again, putting the record at 1-7. They have now gone on to win, like I said, 11 straight. Uh, if you didn't see the game yesterday, they kept their uh, streak alive by winning in the bottom of the uh, 10th inning on a... Error to Luis Arias, who was playing third base and replaced Josh Donaldson after he pinched ran for Donaldson in the top of the sec- uh, tenth, not the top of the second. That's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> so, Nick, uh, I know that you know you probably don't know a bunch about the Athletics, but a team going one and seven and then now being twelve and seven after eleven straight wins is pretty impressive. Uh, so, you know, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean. I think it's a pretty cool story, you know. I as a uh, a hockey fan, you know, I've seen crazier. I talk, I mentioned that the Blues were uh, dead last going into the trade deadline the season that they won the Stanley Cup, and then you know they went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, uh, sports, you know, their thing of momentum. I've said it before, but what's more shocking to me is, and I know we talked about this before, is that the A's were not projected to be uh, as good as they are right now. Whether it's going to continue or not. Uh, is debatable, but uh, I did end up watching the highlights of last night's game, and boy, I'm not sure, you know, I guess everything works out for a reason, but that seemed like a pretty routine play uh, for a razor to make, but, you know, like we talked about earlier, I said that if they don't pinch run Donaldson, 
uh, and the top of extras that, you know, that's a play that he makes with his eyes closed. So, uh, you know, you can't really fault the Twins management for trying to go all in to win the game. But uh, I feel like a guy like Donaldson's not a guy you want to take out, especially because of his defensive capabilities. But props to the Athletics. Uh, I think they played well. I like a couple of their players. I've been uh, a fan of Matt Olson. Uh, I like Ramon Laureano. So I am quite a fan of this team and happy to see them winning. Yeah, I mean – for me, this is this is really cool. Obviously, I like the Oakland Athletics. I like a lot of the guys on the team. Like you said, I like Matt Olson. I like Matt Chapman. Um, I, I love Chad Pinder. He's just a very overall, uh, you know, can do it all kind of guy. Um, you know, they're a team that is relatively young in some aspects, but they also have a lot of veteran leadership. Um, you know, they they have Elvis on, uh, Andrus at shortstop now after losing Marcus Simeon. Um, so it, it would be definitely interesting to see. For me, this is kind of huge because Matt Chapman, you know, their superstar third baseman, isn't producing. Uh, he's hitting 179 on the season. Uh, you know, he, he's just not really playing that well. He's 26 strikeouts to eight walks. If you know anything, that's not a very good ratio at all. Um, it's more of the unsung heroes they're kind of getting, you know, good production out of. They're getting great production out of freaking Jed Lowry, of all people. Uh, I feel like this is a guy that has been in the league for, I don't even know how long. I could probably look it up real quick, but he's been in the league for a long time. And uh, he has never been anything special, but uh, this year he's hitting 323. Uh, he has, you know, two home runs, 14 RBIs. That's pretty impressive for a, you know, mediocre second baseman, uh, you know, over in Oakland. So that's uh, pretty cool for me. Uh, we talked about the sex uh, Matt Olson's had, you know, six home runs, you know, tied second in the league, uh, his 15 RBIs. The one thing for me that I I'm kind of happy to see with him uh, is that ratio of his strikeouts are going down. I know at one point during the shortened season last season, he had a game where I think he struck out in five at-bats uh, in a game. So for him, who is obviously the power is there. And he's arguably one of the best defensive first basemen in the game. Uh, this is good to see him hit for average because it makes the value of him so much better to that team. Uh, they have a lot of young guys uh, pitching. I, I'm a big fan of Jesus Cesardo. Um, you know, I think for the A's, like we said, they probably won't hold out on the success long term. Um, but it's always fun to watch a team go on a streak, turn it around. Uh, I don't expect them to be, you know, I mean, they, obviously they were a playoff team last year. So this is not a team that's like, man, they're garbage. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're a team that can perform. They're just probably not the top of their division. They have, you know, two other teams, uh, the Houston Astros and the Angels, who I think are projected to be a little bit higher. But for early in the season, this is a nice little story, uh, whether or not it's a Cinderella story and, you know, banking on teams making bad errors to <laughs> help you win the game. <laughs> Moving on, uh, this is this is the team that surprised me because uh, I thought they were going to have a really bad season, and it's actually the Boston Red Sox. So, Nick, again, not sure how much you know, but uh, I'd like to hear your take on this. No, I mean, uh, I went looking uh, at the stats yesterday. Uh, just I don't know why, what prompted it, but I was sitting around my room, and I ended up. Uh, well, I was on the score center and I was looking at the league leaders and stats. And uh, to me, I mean, I knew the Red Sox were 
uh, doing good this year, but I didn't actually realize how much better they were doing than everybody else in their division. I mean, uh, we might we might not talk about the Yankees have been struggling this year. Uh, the same with the Blue Jays. They're also eight and ten, I believe, right now at this point. But uh, I am happy to see JD Martinez finally hitting again. Uh, I you know he's been a guy that's been struggling the last couple of years. Uh, he's hitting three sixty eight, I believe, right on the season. Yep. Uh, I, that's what top ten batting average right now maybe even top five yeah I might be yeah I mean they have a couple of other guys that are hitting for really well with the average uh, Xander Bogarts is um, I think oh yeah Alex Verdugo is hitting well Rafael Devers is hitting decent they're all high 200s and I think um, oh boy mind the squeak uh, Bogarts is hitting what 385 right now and he was leading batting average last night when I looked at it but I don't think he is anymore I think you said Acuna is Yes, Acuna is. But yeah, for like you said, these are all guys that, uh, you know, they're kind of turning it around. They obviously have, uh, you know, a ton of potential, but I think what they're getting out of them right now is perfect. Uh, you know, Devers, Rafael Devers hitting 270. Uh, he still has 17 hits on the season, five home runs, 16 RBIs. He's driving in runs, and that's basically about all you can ask for him. Uh, obviously, I'd like to see his slugging a little bit higher. Uh, you know, he's hitting and slugging 540. I think he's a guy that can probably hit, you know, closer to 600 slugging. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're getting great production out of the guys that they acquired. You know, Verdugo, I think, has been good for them. Uh, even Marwin Gonzalez, I know he's only hitting 235, but it seems like every now and then he kind of just gets a little bit of a key hit uh, here and there. And yeah, Kike Hernandez hasn't been bad. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, he's only, again, hitting 250, but that's about, you know, the player that he is. He's not a guy that I think is going to hit, you know, 300. But, you know, if J.D. Martinez can continue hitting, you know, how, how, how well he is, if, you know, Bogarts can hit, hit as well as he is. I was talking about uh, Christian Vasquez last week. 271 out of the catcher spot is great, considering also the fact that Christian Vasquez is probably one of the best defensive catchers, uh, you know, in the league. I mean, Christian Arroyo has 16 hits for them, you know, second base. They decided not to, you know, bring up Michael Chavis this season. He gave it to Christian Arroyo. He's hitting 364. So, I mean, definitely not a start that I would have, you know, considered. I Like you, I would have expected the Yankees or the Blue Jays. Um, obviously, I'm biased towards the Yankees. But, uh, yeah, for the Boston Red Sox, man, this is just absolutely, you know, fun to watch. Uh I'm a big fan of baseball. I'm a big fan of you know, teams that play the game correctly. Uh, you know, if they can hit, they can pitch, they can run. If you can do it all, it makes me a, makes me a happy guy, regardless if you're a Boston Red Sox player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, this is a team that had started out at the top of uh, our power rankings for quite a little bit of time. They were there uh, first week. They were there Second week, I think they were even there last week. Obviously, if you guys, you know, been t paying attention, I did miss out on my power rankings last week. Like I said, I'm very busy with schoolwork, so it's kind of tough for me. But this was a team I had, you know, in my top five. This was Minnesota Twins, who are now one and, I think, nine or one and eight in the last ten games. One and nine, yeah, in the last ten games. This is, this is ugly. And uh, it's concerning for me because I think of the type of talent that they have. Uh, obviously, the one bright spot that they have is Brian Buxton. Uh, I've been saying this for the longest time. This is his season to show out his potential. He's doing that right now. Uh, he's got six home runs. He's you know, one of the top leaders in uh, batting average. 
So this is this is good for him, but Minnesota's fallen short. I mean, they got you know Bucks hitting four thirty two, Nelson Cruz, the ageless you know wonder hitting three fifty three. They both have six home runs, but they're not you know they're not winning games, and that's concerning. Uh, one of the biggest problems, and I, I said this before the season, is that they're not going to be a good pitching team. And we saw that with, you know, the a- athletics yesterday. They were up on that, you know, on the athletics for a while. And the, I think the final score is 11 to 10. Uh, uh, no, 10 to 12, 11. 13. Oh, 13. Yeah, exactly. So when I was, when I tuned into the game, it was like 10 to six or something like that. And uh, the twins were winning or something. I'm yeah, I think that was it. I remember I was eating dinner, but, uh, you know, that's concerning for, I mean, Robbie, uh, Randy Dabnak, I saw come in and I think he got hit around a little bit. I'm not even sure. So this is not good for a team that's supposed to be at the top of that division. Um, you know, I wasn't very, you know, sold on any of those teams. Obviously I like the White Sox, but because they're so young and so, you know, inconsistent, you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. And I thought for the Minnesota Twins, who are the most polished team, uh, in that division, you know, now that the Indians have lost Lindor, that Twins are kind of just kind of not walked through this season. But, I mean, this is a struggle right now. And like you said, a routine play yesterday that kind of cost them the game, they're not going to win games if they can't, you know. I don't care how well you hit, but if you can't pitch and you can't play defense, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if this a lot of this is just looking at expectations, but um, you know, we see teams like the White Sox and the Twins, especially that we're talking about right now. And uh, last season, you know, I mean, especially because my Cubs had to play them quite a few times last season. But uh, I, a lot of this is kind of for me is just kind of lowering my expectations for a lot of teams. It's because I don't know if the how well, like especially a team like the White Sox because they're young, uh, a team like the Twins because their pitching struggles. I mean, they succeeded in a shortened season, but I don't know how much of that was going to translate to a full 162 game season. Uh, for me, and it's been quite a struggles for uh, quite a few key players for them. I mean, Miguel Sano's batting 111. Uh, Mitch Garver's batting 186 for them. So they have mm-hmm. had good performances from guys like Buxton and Nelson Cruz, but those guys are not playing very well for them. And as a team, they're not playing completely well. Uh, they did start off really hot, but not anymore right now. Uh, it is early in the season. I'm not going to throw the white flag or push the panic button, but a lot of these teams, I just want to see how, when we get further into the season, is much of their success from last season just because it was a shorter season. Yeah, I mean, that's it, a great point. Uh, you know, Ken Maeda was the, you know, the second, uh, you know, he's the runner-up, and he was second in the uh, Cy Young voting last year for the AL, and he's one, in, he's one and one this season, but he's got a 6.11 ERA. In 17 and two-thirds innings pitch, he's given up 28 hits and 12 earned runs, four home runs. He only has, I mean, he has 17 strikeouts in 17 innings, but guys are hitting 354 against him. Like, that's concerning. That's, I mean, obviously, Jose uh, Breos is supposed to be your ace, and he's performing well this season. But Kenta Maeda, coming off of a supposedly, you know, arguably a Cy Young, you know, season, you expect a little bit more out of him. You know, they went out and they kind of tried to, you know, bolster the bullpen a little bit. But like I said, oh, here's here's Randy Dobnak on the season is 0-3 with a 10.61 ERA. In nine and a third innings, he's given up 11 runs. 
It's not good. <laughs> they have they have a few guys. Uh, one, two, uh, three, four, five pitchers that player uh, opposing teams are hitting uh, over three hundred against. That's not good. I mean, yeah, they might not be. Some of these ERAs aren't really that bad, or their you know their WHIP isn't that bad, which means you know how many times people are getting on base. But if people are hitting the ball against you, that's not that's not good. And the one person I said you know would be important to watch out for was, this year was Michael Pineda, and thank God he's doing well. Uh, he's one to know with a you know a one ERA and eighteen innings pitched. He has seventeen strikeouts. He's only given up uh, two earned runs, so that's great for him. Um, you know, but I mean, we're seeing these guys get blown out. We saw what Williams Osadio pitched the other day. Uh, come on, he if he can go an inning without giving up any hits, you know, maybe maybe the other twin pitchers need to kind of take note. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's been ugly. However, we'll, we'll turn to a more positive side, uh, Nick. Mm-hmm. This season. Uh, to start out, it, like we said, it's been full of surprises. We've seen some young players uh, make start like make big impacts. You know, we've seen some really fun guys come onto the scene this year. Uh, you know, Yermin Mercedes of the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, the uh, Jazz Chisholm. What? The Yerminator. Yes, the Yerminator. Jazz Chisholm for the uh, Miami Marlins. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns has been absolutely lights out in Milwaukee this year. Ryan Weathers for San Diego. Uh, Zach McKintry for the Dodgers. Uh, I, it, this is a really great season uh, so far in terms of all the young potential that we're seeing. Um, you know, Nick, you're you're a big Yerminator fan, I can tell. Uh, you know, he's hitting 390 this year, 23 home runs, four home uh, four home runs. Did I say 23 home runs? 23 hits. Yeah, 23 hits. If he had 23 home runs right now, I, I think he'd be <laughs> the all-time favorite for uh, like MVP record and. Breaking, uh, breaking the home run record because that would be quite a story. However, he's been extremely fun to watch. A guy who I think is listed at 5'11 and 275 pounds. Uh, I don't think anybody could have seen this happening. No. But uh, what is your take on this? Well, I mean, first things first, I didn't even know who he was before the season even started. Um, and I know after um, he went, what, 5 for 5 in that first game? Yeah, five or five in his first game, and then started three for three uh, in his second game, which is the new record for, you know, the most consecutive hits to start a MLB career. Yeah, uh, and I know, like, I remember I woke up in the morning. It was really early. It was like six or seven in the morning. I remember looking through uh, all the stories from the morning on my phone and whatnot, and I remember seeing his name and what he did. And I remember watching the the videos on the uh, the highlight reels and all that, and I. I remember going to my fantasy app and opening it up and just going to pick him up in the fantasy leagues I was playing. And I remember like maybe 30 seconds before I could click on his name, the notification popped up that you claimed him in all three leagues or at least two of the leagues. I was like, what? I didn't even think anybody had him uh, claimed. I, d- I was hoping I was up early enough that no one could see it. <laughs> uh, but that was not the case. Uh, but on a more serious note, I am props to him. Uh, I think well, he was listed as what, a utility player before the season even started. Yeah, so technically he's a catcher, but he's not very, very well known for his defense at all. Everybody knows that he can hit the ball, and it's quite obvious. This is something that you know has translated from his time down in the minor leagues, and it shows. 
Yeah, so I mean, props to him. He's played well. Uh, I I've, I've enjoyed watching him. I enjoy the uh, the hype that's come around him. I'm always I'm always fun. Uh, I like watching the, all the hype that comes around players that are nobodies that come into uh, big games like these or come into their own. So uh, he's been fun to watch this year. And I think uh, one of the other guys I know that stuck out to me right now, uh, moving away from the Eliminator, was. Um, Ryan Weathers from San Diego. And I think when we were talking about earlier, a bunch of younger guys that came onto their own, he was the first guy that stuck out to me. Uh, he's went nine and two thirds this season. He's had a win, a save, 10 strikeouts. He has a 93 ERA or a .93 ERA. Sorry, a 93 ERA, terrible. Uh, he's had a .93 ERA. So he's been really good for me. Um, I've enjoyed watching him. I enjoy watching the highlights on him. I really want to see what he does tonight again against the Dodgers because we all know the rivalry that's been happening out in L.A. Uh, so I think that'll be a fun game to watch. I hope he does succeed again. I think he's a good pitcher. He's a young guy. Uh, I really want to see what he does tonight, though. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, and this is something that I've, I've, you know, I've said about the Padres all season is that their starting rotation, when it's on, that is absolutely brutal. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody could have expected Joe Musgrove to have this good of a start to his season, obviously throwing a no-hitter and then bouncing back after that and th- having a 13-strikeout you know, strikeout game is really impressive. But, yeah, Ryan Weathers, this is, if they can add another guy, uh, which so far you know, he's been that guy, that they can add to that rotation – yeah, this is this is the team that's going toe to toe with the Dodgers. Uh, we've already seen it. It's been it's been fun um, in every single game that they've played so far. We've seen great pitching. Um, you know, this is this is great for the Padres. I'm I think that yeah, this is not the prospect that I thought would be uh, you know would be pitching this well, but he is. And this is like you said, I love guys that you know. Yeah, I mean. At one point, they were probably really good. Obviously, they're in the MLB. Um, you know, they need to be decent to get there. And there's a reason why they're there, and they're showing it. I mean, this is kind of like the same thing that we saw with, uh, you know, Garrett Crochet last year. I mean, he's not having a great season this year, but guy skips, you know, minor league camp, uh, you know, minor leagues all together after being drafted, shows up to the White Sox and just balls out. So I love stories like this. Uh, you know, Ryan Weathers, you know, good for him. Jumping to the other side of the field, we have Zach McKinstry for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, this is a guy who I've known about him for a little bit. Uh, I just want to say how impressed I am because in the beginning of the year, I was all on the Gavin Lux hype train. And I thought, you know, Gavin Lux was going to be, you know, the starting second baseman. And it really hasn't turned into that. It's been, you know, Chris Taylor playing second base. Zach McKintree has now worked his way into a starting role for the most part, um, you know, with the Dodgers, especially after, you know, Bellinger got hurt um, for a little bit. And just another, another Los Angeles Dodger just doing his thing, being really awesome. He's hitting 296 this year. And it just makes that potent lineup even scarier which for anybody in the league is not ideal. But for the Dodgers, this is, this is amazing. I mean, if you're going to keep getting guys that are going to produce for you, it's insane. He is technically their second leading uh, guy in terms of batting average. Justin Turner is hitting 381 this year. McKinsey is hitting 296. 
Mookie Betts is hitting 292. Corey Seager's hitting uh, 284, and Max Muncy's hitting 281. So this is this is great for the Dodgers. It's just getting another guy that they can count on to be re- like reliable. And uh, we always like when young guys are reliable because it makes that for really good stories. Moving on, we have I don't know uh, how much you've been watching, but uh, Jazz Chisholm. This is a guy who I have been uh, super super excited to watch. Uh, he's not a guy that is going to wow you in terms of anything. I mean, he's got decent power, decent speed, decent fielding. Uh, you know, he hits the ball well, but he's just a really fun player to watch. I think the biggest thing that he brings to uh, this game is personality. You and I have been talking about this recently, you know, let the kids play, you know, bring excitement to the game. And I think he's doing that, especially for the Miami Marlins, who over the last few years have not really been that good of a franchise. I mean, yes, they had some you know, success last year with the shortened season. We saw them have the COVID outbreak come back and make their way to the playoffs where they beat your Cubs. Mm. Um, I know, a little, little harsh for you to hear that. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, good. for the Marlins, this is great. This is a, a guy who could be the future of their team. I mean, they have Miguel Rojas as shortstop now, but Jazz Chisholm being 22, 23 years old, uh, he'll probably make that jump from second base to shortstop as soon as Miguel Rojas is gone. You know, team him up with, you know, the threat that they have in Brian Anderson. This is a team that is looking towards the future with their young guys. I know they have Luis Diaz, uh, a prospect first baseman who can absolutely rake. Uh, this is really exciting for me. I'm a big fan of guys that can come in, change the game, uh, and just make it more exciting. So I think that. I mean, I don't know how much you've seen or how much you've been watching, but uh, if you haven't, Nick, uh, I'm going to tell you and tell the, tell the listeners, uh, definitely go watch some of this guy's uh, tapes. Uh, his first career home run was versus Jacob DeGrom. He turned on a 100-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone. <laughs> made it look very Not effortless. Not many people do that. Yeah, he made it look very effortless, too. I mean, and for me, like the Marlins, they're 8-9 and nine right now. Uh, they sit currently in front of the Braves and the Nationals. But, you know, they're 8-9. They're holding their own in, to me, one of the toughest divisions in all of baseball, if not the toughest. I mean, the NL is, yes. is, is really good. I mean, the Mets got all the additions this year. Once again, uh, in very Met fashion, it's not really playing out for them right now, but we'll have to see uh, how that goes later. Uh, the Phillies have been decent this year. The Braves, we know what they were last year. Um they had a very, very slow start, but I think they're finally starting to find their grooves. They're a team that they're going to hopefully catch fire at this point, um, at least for uh, our friend's sanity at this point. Uh, and the Nationals, we, we know that they are. They're a decent team. So I think holding their own, even without, I mean, I'm not sure if he's their ace or not, but Sixto Sanchez still hasn't pitched this year for them. So when he comes back, he does add uh, a very, very lockdown starter for them. Hopefully, uh, he was really good for them last year. Uh, I hope that he comes back and he's good for them this year. So for them, just holding their own in a very, very tough division is really good for them, especially without one of their best starting pitchers. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Marlins fan. It's not just because they're cheaters, you know, there now. Uh, I'm a big fan of teams that kind of are underdogs, but continue to fight. A few years ago, the Marlins looked miserable. They looked so bad. Uh, you know, they traded away, you know, Marcelo Zuna. They traded away Christian Yelich. They traded away John Carlos Stanton. All these guys are superstar hitters. 
you know, and they were kind of left with not a lot. I mean, they were riding the coattails of Brian Anderson, who, in, you know, in all due respect, is a, is a, is a great, you know, baseball player. Um, but they weren't left with a lot of options down there. And this year and last year, we've seen them starting to, you know, come into their own a little bit. They're not going to blow you away, um, you know, but they're a team that's going to be scrappy and they're going to be fun. They hustled, you know, they played good defense. And that's about all you could ask for. I mean, I like the fact they went out and they picked up Jesus Aguilar, um, a little bit more pop there at first base right now. Um, they have Garrett Cooper, who played really well for them last season. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Brian Anderson. Miguel Rojas played well last year, and he's, a, as everybody knows, a wonderful defender. So this is, this is good. And, yeah, they are playing, in, in my opinion, definitely the most competitive division. Uh, maybe you can say that the you know the West is a little bit stronger with the Padres and the uh, Dodgers, but then you have the Diamondbacks and the Rockies who aren't very good. So I, I think that the caliber of play in the NL East is a lot better when you look at uh, you know everybody's rosters on paper. Uh, you know the Nationals are coming off World Series two years ago. They're a team to take you know serious. The Mets as Mets as they can be. Uh, yeah, they they have good guys. They have Francisco Lindor. I think that speaks enough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anytime I see Francisco Lindor, I think, you know, that team is almost an automatic contender just because you know, he plays shortstop. That is such a prime position. He plays great defense. He can hit the ball. He had a home run yesterday, which is awesome for them because they needed him to do that. Uh, he's been kind of off to a slow start, but he, I think he usually gets off to a slow start. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think that for this episode, this was a great ending, um, you know, talking about the young stars because – Next week is the NFL draft mm. and Nick and I are going to have our hands full. Um, I, I know that what the draft starts, what Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday so we are night. going to have two episodes beforehand um, at least where we get to talk about, you know, some of the upcoming, you know, things with the prospects or the teams. You know, maybe we'll talk about some of the team needs uh, in the draft, because I, I think that this will be very interesting. I know that, you know, you guys have heard us talk about the 49ers and what they're going to do and what quarterback's going to go where. So, you know, maybe we'll go into our mock drafts a little bit and, you know, kind of give you guys our perspective because I think it's definitely going to be an interesting draft. Uh, you know, we, I said it would be an interesting offseason earlier. I was right. Yeah. I think it'll be an interesting draft. I hope I'm right there, too. Yeah, I've been gearing up for the draft for a while. I've been excited about it, especially because of how bad the Falcons were last year. Uh, can't wait for them to screw up at four. But uh, at this point, at this point, uh, I know I've been promising, and I think we've both been promising for our mock draft. So next week will probably, besides Saturday, will be a full NFL draft week, and then we'll move on from there. But with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening, and peace.